How tall are you, Private? Sir, five foot nine, sir! Five foot nine? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. You trying to squeeze an inch in on me somewhere, huh? Sir, no, sir! Bullshit, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. I think you've been cheated. Where in hell are you from anyway, Private? Sir, Texas, sir! Holy dog shit, Texas, only steers and queers come from Texas, Private Cowboy. And you don't much look like a steer to me, so that kind of narrows it down. Do you suck dicks? Sir, no, sir! Are you a Peter Pupper? Sir, no, sir! I'll bet you're the kind of guy that would fuck a person in the ass and not even have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. Shut up and three bit more popcorn! Shut up and three bit more popcorn! Waka waka guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Shut Up and Refill My Popcorn, which is going to be another extra butter podcast feed preview. So if you are a fan of this podcast, you subscribe, you listen to all that, you should be able to be a fan and follow the other sister podcast that I got going on. It's called Extra Butter. That's where I do the popcorn and show reviews on movies and shows that are streaming and whatnot. And then <clears throat> I do trailer haters where I talk about uh, newly released trailers that come out on future films. A uh, perfect example is I just did one on the uh, Christmas Story sequel that's coming out to HBO Max in about a week or so <clears throat> as of this recording called A Christmas Story Christmas. So... That's already out there on the Extra Butter feed. A popcorn and show I just did. I did a review on the House of the Dragon um, and the movie Beast with Ildis Alba. So that's on that sister podcast. This is a preview of another show I do on there called Popcorn Tins. Uh, if you if you get the gimmick, a popcorn tin is around this time of year. You get those little round tins with caramel, um, caramel, whatever, however you pronounce it. Butter, cheddar, whatever, different varieties. And uh, so I just turned the tin from talking about a tin can, and I just did a number 10, T-E-E-T-I-N, T-E-N, the number 10, you know, a tin, give me a tin. If I had that on the board, I'd put tin. I should have did that. But that's what this episode is going to be. It's a preview of that that show I do on Extra Butter. Oh, hitting the mic, hitting the mic. Um. And that show is basically movies that aren't really sequels, that aren't really franchises. They're just some movies I remember growing up watching and loving. A perfect example, I did one on uh, 2000's The Replacements, the movie with Keanu Reeves. I believe I did another one on uh, Blank Man. I want to say a Popcorn 10 episode on Blank Man. And so this, like I said, is a preview episode of the extra of the shows you'll get or the shows I put out on Extra Butter. And it's a popcorn tin preview. And if you follow me on Twitter, you know I did a poll asking for input on what film I should do. Uh, because as of this release, it is Veterans Day. And uh, I wanted to do a movie, a war movie. Um, and I didn't really know which one I wanted to talk about. I had an idea, but I was like, you know what? Let me just throw this out there because the chances of me doing what I want to do for uh, a certain movie review might not be, may not become what I'm thinking. It might just be like, okay, whatever. 
So I did a poll and I had four choices. Each movie, I didn't even realize this, but each movie represented a different war. Uh, the first one on there was Full Metal Jacket. Uh, second was Saving Private Ryan. Their third was Jarhead. And the last one was uh, American Sniper. Now, uh, that poll, I believe, ended this past Monday. And the winner of that poll is the movie topic I'm going to get into for this episode. And it's Full Metal Jacket. Now, little backstory. And before we well, go first off, since it is Veterans Day, I wanted to give a huge shout out to all the veterans and people who served, not just in the service, but <clears throat> in in war, really. And um, my father's a veteran. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say that he fought for this country in Vietnam. And so I have a lot of respect for our armed servicemen and women. And uh, I know a certain person, and give a huge shout out to Dulce, uh, past guest on the podcast and uh, P1 BMS fan. And uh, I know he, uh, I just recently saw him update his profile pic in, I believe, uh, I don't want to miss, uh, say anything. I don't want to say anything. I believe the, the, um, it's the Marines' birthday this this month. I'm not sure. I mean, I should, I should, I should check up my dates. But I know uh, he served as a Marine, and uh, I just want to give a shout out to Dos. Holla at your boy. Uh, go check out his episode. We did it was episode thirty, and I believe episode seven or eight. Uh, he jumped on the podcast, and uh oh. As I'm doing this podcast, I am also doing it as one of the films on Tubi. I'm streaming it on Tubi, and if you know anything about Tubi, this site is like a, it's a free Netflix type site, so with that, you know, they're going to have ads, and right here is the first ad break as I'm watching this film. I didn't want to, I didn't want to do a 20 minute, you know, off the top of my head, what I remember from the film, this and that, I wanted to give a little bit more depth to it, because... This movie, I'm gonna give it. I'm bouncing all over the place, and I'm. I apologize for that, guys. But this movie, you know, like I said, my father was a Vietnam veteran. This film takes place in Vietnam, the beginning of it. I remember the the moment. I remember the year. I don't say the day, but the year was 2004. I was visiting my brother. We were visiting my brother at his place in Dallas, and he was watching this movie, and. My father did give a little bit of, of, you know, talking about his time in the service. He never really was open about it. Never, you know, uh, but if my brother, I never asked him, but my brother would ask him time to time and he would respond. And so I think at this time it was the beginning of the film. So the beginning of the film is the basic, uh, basic training segment of the film where we kind of see all these, all these recruits giving their all, you know, going through basic training, going through the, I wouldn't say physical, but the verbal and mental abuse. And I didn't realize, this is a film by Stanley Kubrick. I didn't realize that it was an anti-war film. It was basically, hey, like, I, I mean, I should, like I said, I should have Wikipedia up. I'm going to do that right now. And while I'm doing that, again, I wanted to just say that... Um, when I saw this film, I remember my brother asking my father, is this how basic training was? Or is this how, well, you know, because we see the drill sergeant just 
And well, first we see them getting their heads shaved off. That's that's the first. That's the opening. <clears throat> but the drill sergeant just hammers these guys in their face. You know, trying to. I mean, how do how do you mold? I mean, how do you mold a person who's going to not only fight for your country, but is going to have his fellow armed services back? You know, you're going to want somebody that's going to cut and run. You know, you have to. I mean, let's be real, man. This 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 is not this is not for the fucking people out there that are, you know, snowflakes and and oh, you hurt my feelings. Mm, this 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 is like just watching this and remembering what, what my dad talked about a little bit about. You know, iron sharpens iron. So if you know if I've got these kids just you know eighteen, nineteen, whatever. They're going to come in thinking that they're just going to get a gun and, and just shoot up the place. And again, it is the, the Vietnam War era. So a lot of these kids, they were drafted. They, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't put, you know, to uh, like, they didn't walk into a recruitment office and be like, yeah, sign me up. And it, and it's obvious because we see, you know, some people. And in this, my example right here is, is a uh, private pile played by uh amazing actor, uh, William D'Onofrio, we've seen him on a bunch of things. Things coming up at the top of my head that he's done. Uh, he played uh, the Kingpin in the Netflix Daredevil show and series, uh, MCU series. Uh, Men in Black, he played the the guy Elmer or whatever, the alien in the Farmer John skin. And also he was in a Law & Order uh, show called Law & Order Criminal Intent. So, I'm trying to find this stupid. So that's what happens when you're not only the host, the producer, and sponsor of a podcast. You know, I don't, not everybody has a, a Jamie in a Joe Rogan uh, studio. So, as that's loading up, because I want to give a little bit of insight on if it is an anti war or where Stanley Kubrick kind of came into. This film came out in 1987. Irony. So, uh, so yeah. So right now, like I said, I'm at the first commercial break, and and we see, like I said, the basic training scenes, them going through obstacle courses, them going through their morning PT. Uh, we're see we're close to this commercial break at 17 minutes 30 seconds. Uh, we start to see Private Powell start to take a lot of the abuse from. Oh man, I'm gonna fuck this up. Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, played by Lee Enry. Enry, yep. Uh, people are gonna recognize him if y'all are a comedy fan like I am. Uh, Saving Silverman, he was the coach in that movie. He's done. I want to say this was his first film, but I'm not too sure. But uh, legendary, legendary man. Uh, passed away. I'm gonna bring up his Wikipedia. Uh, let's see. He passed away in 20, 2018 at the age of seventy four. Uh, from what I understand, he, he did serve in the armed services. He actually was a drill sergeant, gunnery sergeant. Let me make sure before I just start spewing out shit because this is not one of those shoot from the hip moments. You know what I mean? This. This film and just this 
era and this these people. And like I said, popcorn tins, y'all. Stuff I, I grew up liking. I grew up discovering. Uh, I believe he got into films after he was cast in this film and then it just opened the doors for other opportunities in the acting genre. But uh, you may remember his voice in Toy Story 2. I knew he was in Toy Story uh, as one of the army men. So a little backstory on him. And like I said, at the first commercial break here, uh, like I said, Private Powell is starting to take take a lot of heavy abuse. And if you know this film, you know that that's that is going to become a pivotal point in the film. I don't know why the YouTube is still going. Sorry, guys, it's not video yet. Y'all can't see what I'm doing. I'm not so. So yeah, so that's a little bit of. A little bit of backstory on what this episode is going to be about. Intro, outro, meat and potatoes. You know how it is. Uh, so I'm going to continue this film. When you hear me, I will get back into Full Metal Jacket. Waka waka boys and girls, we're back. Or are we, me. And so we continue with the basic training in the film. We also see Private Pile. Uh, I'm, really, I'm sorry, Private Joker take on Private Pile. To help him become a better, a better marine to do better, uh, we see him. Uh, a gunnery sergeant puts him in charge of helping. I, I guess it would be uh, tutor, tutor pile. Um, we see him get a little bit better at the obstacle course. He get a little bit better. But we also see him. He's starting to lose it. He's starting to. Uh, he's starting to. Well, he's he's fucking up still, and now it's at the point where, after the gunnery sergeant found a jelly donut in his in his Footlocker, now every time Private Pile fucks up, he did not he doesn't punish Pile. He leaves the punishment for the platoon. So everybody else is doing push-ups, doing extra miles, whatever the punishment is, and Pile just sits there. And has to watch his fellow Marines, fellow uh, private boot camp uh, brothers, basically start to hate him, start to despise him and, and resent him because, you know, we're we're like motherfucker, you you're making us do more push-ups, we're making you know you're fucking up, you're doing this, and we're having to fucking do more. Uh, I, I call them burpees. I don't know. Um, and so he's he's and he's also kind of losing it. And Joker starts to notice. He starts to notice him talking to his gun as he's when they're cleaning it, and uh, and he's a little worried that you know he might be Section Eight. Now, off the top of my head, I don't know what that means, but it's no looky too good, my friend. No, no looky too good. So, like again, like I said before, if y'all have seen the film, y'all know what's gonna come up, but. I also did a little bit of, I don't know what you call it, research, but a little bit looking up, you know, to the whole anti-war thing. But it's, if you know anything about Stanley Kubrick films, they're more, I don't say they fuck with your head, but they're more like within the storytelling, uh, visual, audio cues and stuff. Perfect example was in 2001, a lot of that 
uh, a lot of the film was visually stimulating and uh, a lot of his films are like that. The Shining being one of them. There's a lot of visual stuff there. Uh, as of right now, I believe we're about 30 minutes, over 30 minutes in the film. I'm waiting for it to load after these commercials. Okay, so right now we're at 35.47. If you're watching along with me, <laughs> I wouldn't say you would be, but uh, this is when he, Joker, is talking to Cowboy about uh, about Leonard, quote-unquote, uh, Private Pile. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and pause pause the podcast to, so I can continue watching and get a little bit more, more, uh, I don't know. Let me know at Twitter if you think that this is a bit, I have done episodes like this where I pause, I think it's because it's, I used to be, but I watch a little bit, pause it, give a little bit of detail review, personal thoughts, and on top of that, you know, kind of, I don't want to say I don't watch along because I'm, I'm pausing and recording, but uh, if you like the feel, and I, I, and I'm doing this now, like I said before, because I want to give a little bit more length to this episode on this movie. Um, I've said, I've told you before my uh, my thoughts on when the first time I saw it, and it I didn't go into too much detail as to why I considered it a popcorn tin film, a favorite or whatever. One, it's because yeah, it's a Stanley Kubrick film. I've always liked those, um, and also it was. For me, not hearing a lot of stories of my father's time in Vietnam, other than news cl- newspaper clippings and random stories, uh, just like this year, I heard from my brother about the man with the dragon tattoo. Uh, sounds like a book, but it's not. <laughs> um, it, it just, I don't know what the word is when you try to put yourself, and there's my co-host. She's out there running around the hallways. Um, um, but like some sort of like empathizer, just put myself in this situation because at that time, I want to say my father, when he joined the service, he had just out of high school, just like a lot of, a lot of young men his age. Um, and just, you know, you think about it now when, when you were just out of high school at 20, you know, early twenties, what were you doing? What kind of shit were you into? And these young men, these were in the shit. These men went to boot camp and eat whatever service field, you know, Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force, whatever. And they went over to fight in Vietnam. And a lot of stories you hear of when they came back, PTSD, shell shock, and a lot of just, it just like, it just, wow. You know, and it, and even for people, not even, in, it doesn't even have to be Vietnam, people who went to the Gulf War, and the, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, the Iraqi War. I was going to say the second Gulf. But, um, you know, that's why I say I do have a lot of respect, a lot of admiration for people who went over and served. And and the ones that didn't come back, you know, we remember them on Memorial Day. And, you know, today being Veterans Day, we remember the souls and, and the people who came back. Granted, they came back maybe a little hardened than they did when they left or for whatever reason but you know not to be cliche but if you see somebody that has a some sort of thing some sort of marking that they were in the 
in the service, you know, shake their hand, tell them thank you or or whatever. Like, I'm I'm always I'm always like I don't want to like hey, you know all obvious, but like if they're open to talk a little bit about it or whatever. But you know, I don't like prying into stuff. So you know, so if you see somebody and and you're one of those people that doesn't hold back or whatever for whatever reason, you know. This I guess this is a way for me to thank our veterans and just, you know, talk about a a, a movie, you know, a, a very recognized movie for whatever reason that he decided to make it, whether to shine light on, on a lot of stuff that, you know, like make it an anti, I, I still, I don't, I just, I don't see this as, this film as an anti-film movie. I see this more as a uh, a look through the window of what these men went through. And stuff like that, and so uh, I believe we're getting closer to the 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 craziness. So we will, or we I I keep saying we. It's only me. Like, hey, is anybody else in here? Anybody with the uh, you know crazy voice? Mm. Huh? <laughs> crazy voice? Ain't nobody here, bro. Who the fuck was that? I don't. I don't know. I do not know. Was that you? How? No. Uh, what the fuck's going on? I don't know. This does not compute. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. And so now they are getting close to graduation. Uh, before that, Private Pyle uh, begins to show promise as a marksman. He is imp- even impressing Gunnery Sergeant Hartman with his uh, marksmanship. Um... Uh, but just to look in this motherfucker's eyes, don't look right. Oh no! Even when they, after they graduate, and gunnery sergeant is giving their, giving them the orders in the morning. Uh, majority of them going into infantry. The look on Gomer Pyle's face. It's even said he has to repeat uh, calling Pyle out because he's like, just, just the look on his face is just. This motherfucker is gone. This motherfucker went dope. Went bye bye. Um, that night, Joker has, I forget what he says, um, fire watch, and he is walking the barracks, and he, he hears something when he gets close to the head area, to the headroom, aka bathroom, and he goes in there, he sees Private Pyle sitting on the can, not doing nothing, just sitting there, uh, loading a magazine full of live rounds, as he quote unquote says, full metal jackets. Uh, beginning to worry, worry Joker. The look on Pyle's face is just, I mean, if the, if the first look didn't freak you out, this fucking look will. And it's this motherfucker has gone bye bye. Uh, he begins doing the uh, rifle prayer loudly. Uh, people are waking up in the barracks. Uh, Gunner, uh, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman wakes up, comes out. His room is right next door to the head. He comes out, and a Joker informs him that Private Power has a lock and loaded rifle, and he is on the verge of doing some shit. Uh, as Gunnery Sergeant walks towards him and tells him. You know, to put stuff, you know, put it down, put it on the floor, trying to, uh, 
assertively tell him, you know, he one thing he insults him because he did you what is your malfunction? What did you did your mom and daddy not love you enough? And Powell just ba boom puts one in Gunnery Sergeant Hartman through the heart, killing him. Uh, Joker sees this, looks like he's freaking out, looks like he's next. Mm-mm. He puts the gun down, returns to sitting on the can, puts his mouth on the uh, gun in his mouth and pulls the trigger, and we see his brains paint the motherfucking walls. Now, here's my assessment of that scene, and this is my assessment on on the whole. We see we see we see Pyle being bullied. Not want to say bully, but just being taking the majority of the uh, verbal abuse from the gun sergeant, gunnery sergeant. Um, drill sergeant. I, I say drill, but it says gunnery. So I'm going to stick with it. Uh, and I guess Stanley's Kubrick intention was to show, you know, some people were able to take the same amount of abuse and some people just weren't cutting it and they took I mean I don't know if there's true stories of people doing this there may have been one or two maybe I don't know but it just he's showing you you know the mentality the the, the mental anguish one person did and on top of that he you know he killed his he killed his gunnery sergeant he killed himself and fade to black y'all fade to black now we see uh, Joker. Uh, it looks some time has passed. He's grown his hair out. He is in a small village or townish, whatever, sitting with a fellow fellow uh, officer. And from what I can see on the Wikipedia, it is a first private first class rifleman who is a combat photographer. Now. Like I said, Joker went into the newspaper uh, field covering the war, covering stories. And um, there's a small amount. And this is the funny scene is the me love you long time. Sucky, sucky. Me love you long time. Uh, uh, then we see Joker, you know, try to haggle, try to have a deal, you know. Hey, what do I get? What, what, how much? He's like, fifteen dollars. Do everything. I do everything, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not a popular podcast, so I probably won't get flagged. Or oh my god, you're too insensitive. This is this is insensitive robot, and that has gone a red flag. You, you have been warned. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So <laughs> he haggles with her. She he tries to get down to five. Well, my mom only gives me five dollars to spend. I can't. Man, ten dollar, ten dollar. Do everything. Do everything with you. Ten dollars for both. And then uh, I don't know if uh, the the gunnery or the uh, rifleman gets his his camera stolen by a a random uh, street thief who does some kind of like martial art moves and and Joker mimics him with with his little martial art moves. And then we see them walking back to uh, to the base. So I don't know. Did 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 Joker get that Viet Cong pussy or what's up? Did he get 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 get, get himself some five dollar sucky sucky or what? No, they never tell us. So it's it's in the uh, it's in the ether. It's in the uh, 
theater of the mind, you know, believe what you want to believe. Maybe was this his first time getting some Vietnamese poo nanny or was maybe this is his third time or so, you know, maybe showing this boy that, hey, man, this is the spot. You ain't got to worry about rubber. You got to worry about no diseases or nothing. So, <laughs> so now um, they're at this base and they're having a conversation. He's having a conversation uh, we, we okay. We so we see him get taking orders from uh, his higher up or whatever his boss, his manager, whatever newspaper head, and uh, Joker's making jokes here and there. Rifleman wants to get into the quote unquote the shit. A lot of these guys are kind of talking in the in, in their little uh, room and talking about oh man, Joker ain't seen no shit. Joker, that's why he is the way he is. He he ain't seen this shit. He ain't been in this shit. When you're in the shit, it hardens you. You're not. This motherfucker thinks he's. This motherfucker's playing soldier. So uh uh-uh. uh, till he's in the shit, then you know, take whatever he says with a grain of salt. And then uh, something happens. Some some attack on the base happens, and uh, it was called the uh, the Tet the Tet Offensive. Uh, Tet Tet was a uh, from what we've seen in the movie is like uh, Christmas. Is there Chinese New Year? or their Vietnamese New Year. And so there's a quote unquote ceasefire, but they don't they don't a uh they don't they don't stand with it. They they use it as a as a coup as like a okay, they think it's safe, but now nah, this is when we attack. And so after that attack on their base, they're able to you know, to stop it and uh but other places weren't so lucky and his his I don't even know who the fuck that dude is, but his higher up sends him to basically get into the shit to go and I want to say it says here uh, the search party uh, joins uh, is uh, are sent to Faux Bay where Joker searches for and reunites with Sergeant Cowboy. So that's where we're at right now. He also is taking rifleman with him, with him, with with the orders from the higher ups. So he does. He's he's not for it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want this dude to die on his watch. So because he's gonna feel responsible for his death. Uh, I can't remember if he does die or not. So, and like I said, it's been a while. So here we are, going back into it at fifty eight minutes and fifty one seconds. So now. Joker and Rifleman make their way. Uh, apparently, they weren't sent into the. They're doing. A, they're still combat correspondents, or he is, and and Rifleman's a, a photographer. So they're sent in for this story, I guess. Uh, anyway, so like I said, he's the Joker's reunited with Cowboy and his platoon. Um, Joker has uh, it's that iconic cover, but. Born to kill on his on his uh, combat helmet, and he also has a peace button on his on his shirt on his uh, chest. And he was told by his higher up when they were in the office, you know, what what is that supposed to mean? Take that button off, you know. It's you're gonna you're gonna get killed in the field, and they're gonna have they're gonna see that, and they're gonna be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then uh, as they're making the way. To the platoon, which is the, the one the, uh, the cowboys in, uh, they're riding the helicopter, and one of the, uh, I believe he's a gunner. I don't know. He's he's just shooting his, uh, his 
his rifle out of the helicopter, and it looks like he's shooting uh, field uh, field farmers. I was gonna say rice paddy farmers, but I don't know what if it was rice paddies or not. Um, and he's just shooting them, just shoot pop 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 pop. So after we get halfway through the movie, then we start to see why this film is seen as like an anti-war film. It's kind of showing, you know, all the craziness that was going on there. Uh, Joker and Rifleman find their way to Cowboys Platoon, and there we meet more of his of his men and some faces you might recognize. Uh, I believe the guy's name is Adam Baldwin. Yeah, he plays Animal Mother, and then. Uh, I do not know the gentleman's name. He's a he's an African African American actor. He I've, he looks familiar. I can't I can't place him. Let me see if I can. I don't I don't see that. That's a, little, a lot of dead air. But I don't see. Uh, he looks familiar. That's all I got. Is he looks familiar? Um, and then they start making their way. Uh, on this, uh, in the shit. I, that's the best word I can describe it. Uh, and it looked like one of the lieutenants uh, is killed. I'm trying to see on what it says on the Wikipedia. Um, is that during the? It says here during the Battle of Hugh, a booby trap kills the squad leader, leaving Cowboy. Leaving Cowboy in command. So, right now, as I have it on pause during the whole commercial break, I'm at an hour, 19, and 40, 19 minutes and 46 seconds. And they're looking over a dead body. And I can't tell if this was their squad leader or if it was just a random person. But now they're just talking about uh, that this dude jerks off t- 10 times a day. He went to go see a shrink. He got Section 8 because he just whipped it out and started beating off in the waiting room. And uh, he's been sent home, and then, boom, he dies in the field. So, uh, And there's a little bit of not not tension, not going back and, like, fighting, but between Animal Mother and Joker. Uh, and so right now it's the war, war part of the war movie. And uh, so, yeah, going to get back into it. I know I wanted to elongate it some more. I don't know how many more commercial breaks, maybe two or three more, or maybe two. I'm not too sure. I have 30, 36 minutes left in the film. So I'm going to say maybe two more commercial breaks. But, um, I mean, <laughs> nowadays, everybody who plays, nowadays are, they've played Call of Duty uh, whichever modern warfare, uh, Call of Duty, what is it? Black Ops. I think Black Ops is what pops into mind. Uh, so the visuals we're seeing in the film right now is a lot of broken down machinery, vehicles, uh, de- de- deteriorated buildings, and uh, it almost feels like a video game uh, level. But I mean, this is 1987. Some. Year, this games won't come back to you know later. So thinking of that mindset of seeing this film uh, in the early days 
uh, like when it came out in theaters and you know home home release or whatever. So that's where we're at. One hour, nineteen minutes, and forty three seconds. So catch up after the next break. So I've been looking at the Wikipedia. It's the Battle of Hugh City or the Battle of Hugh taking place in Hugh City. And uh, right where we continue where we left off, they're being video, I guess, uh, interviewed or for, I guess, a doc, I don't know. They're being filmed on top of being photographed and um, talked to with uh, the cor- combat correspondent. Um, they're making their way, they're being interviewed. And each individual person in this platoon is being talked to. Uh, you got eight ball, mother animal that we talked about earlier, and I think the other one was oh man, what was his name? Oh, it was rifleman. And so uh, they're sitting around Hugh City, and then we see. Um, an Asian gentleman drive up with a female Asian lady. And my first thought was, oh shit, it's like a suicide bomber or something. I don't know. No, it's another pimp selling that pussy. Uh, another sucky, sucky, fucky, fucky, lovey long time for $15. Um, the uh, eight ball is a black man that I was talking about that I didn't know the... The gentleman's the actor's name. He uh, he wants he wants first dibs. He wants first crack at it. Uh, I think it was like five dollars and and a gun. He was gonna give the pimp, or or the cowboy had bargained with it, whatever. Uh, and she sees she's like, no 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 no, and no levy levy soul brother. No no no, too big too big. And that what? And uh, cowboy says, I think she's saying that you got a little. That she, you boys got a little too much meat. <laughs> for that treat and uh so he he's like man she ain't got what the fuck she, she what she don't know what I got and he whoops it out and she's like okay I'll give it to you I give you two so what right when he's about to go take her and give her a little chon get a little chon chon whatever uh mother <laughs> animal mother it's like nah I go first you go after me there's a lot of inward drop ins and racial but it's the t- it's the times that's said in this, you know, the Vietnam was what, 60, mid 60s, late 60s, into 70s. Uh, so if you're one of those people that's sent, they don't like, they're very offensive. Oh my God, you hurt my feelings. Wait, 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 wait. Then pass on this movie. So, anyways, so they're doing that. They get a little, they, they get a little action. Then they continue on with their patrol. Uh, they went ahead. It was reports, uh, and all this is going on with Joker narrating, narrating what's going on, and he said that there was a report of uh, that they were going to go check out, and so as they're making their way through, Eight Ball realizes, oh shit, I read the map wrong at the last checkpoint. We went different way. Um, cow, like I said, Cowboys in charge, and so now. They have to they have to cut across through a certain area. It's not the best time, or best area, best uh, so, uh, solution to their problem of being in the middle of taking the wrong direction, taking the wrong uh, step, or whatever. 
And so 8-Ball begins to basically recon and make his way through this area. But he is attacked by a lone sniper who shoots him about three times before another uh, soldier goes to try to retrieve him. He gets shot, I think, once or twice. And then uh, Cowboy's trying to get some, uh, some tank support to come through, but it's not going through. And so now... Uh, Animal says, fuck this, I'm going to go get our boys. And he, he, right before the commercial break here, he begins his way out there. Uh, and so that's where we're at right now. Um, like I said, you know, oh, I used to play Call of Duty. It feels like Call of Duty. Yeah, but those games are based on, I want to say some of those games are based on, like, the scenery from films like this and, and, photo, and photos from the war and everything. But that's just my assessment. That's just my theory. Uh, I'm not no professional. I never said I was, so don't be all butthurt if I say something and you think, you know, you don't know your shit. I, I, I don't. I never said I was, you know. So, anyways, um, almost done. Almost done. Hitting the 40-minute mark. Uh, so I believe I may have another one or two more uh, commercial breaks. And when I say commercial breaks on this, I don't mean my sponsored breaks. I mean to be commercial breaks, so... Uh, let me see. Like I said, all right, where am I at? I'm at an hour, 30, 36 minutes and 17 seconds. So, all right, guys. Now that was the last commercial break. And I say commercial break. That was, that was the end of the film. I just finished the film and what is left to talk about and where we left off animal mother went ahead and tried to recover his, uh, fallen brothers. Uh, Realizes that there's one sniper hidden up in one of the abandoned buildings. Uh, he clears the way for the rest of the squad to make their way to them so they could figure out where this sniper is and take him out. In the process, uh, this sniper takes out Cowboy through a hole in one of the buildings. And uh, as I was looking at the, through the wiki uh, notes, whatever... Uh, if you look during that scene, the building in the far is, I don't know if it's an intentional Easter egg, but it looks like the monolith. It's just a solid black column of some sort. Kind of looks like the uh, monolith from uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. I thought that was pretty cool. That was something I looked for when I finished uh, up to that scene. Uh, so Cowboy dies and Animal Mother takes uh, is becomes squad leader and he and... Uh, Joker, Rifleman, and a couple of more go after that uh, quote-unquote payback, the sniper, and they make their way to that building. It's revealed to be a young, a a girl, a young girl. Um, Rifleman, or no, okay, so Joker, she she sees him, so she starts firing at him. He's behind a, a wall of sorts. And he man, he's unable to shoot her. He's unable to shoot her with the rifle. He he fumbles the rifle, grabs his pistol and gets ready to aim. And rifleman comes in and and kills her or shoots her down. He doesn't kill her. And the rest of the squad or the rest of the guys that were there come up to her, come up to him, and uh, uh, Joker says, and you you can start and like I'm gonna give a little assessment on, on Joker, but you see he's like we can't leave her. She's wounded. She's just 
she's just dying there. She's, you know, she's she's not dead. We, we can't leave her like this. And mother, uh, animal mother's just like, I don't give a fuck. She killed cowboy. She could live. She could rot here. As far as I give a damn, fuck her. You have no friend. You have no more friends. It's like you want to do it. You you waste her. And he does it. He he wastes her. But the look on his face. The look on his face. Now that I'm, I've rewatched the film. It's been a while since I've seen the film from beginning to end. And at the same time, when I heard that it's an anti-war film. It's, you know, at first, I mean, it does seem like anti-war, but of course you watch it and then you begin to realize maybe it is. Uh, we see the character Joker. You can see him transform from, okay, I'm a, you know, boot camp recruit. Ha ha, made a joke. I'm helping uh, Private Powell become a better soldier. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to get into the shit. I'm going to be a reporter. Cause I hey I wrote for my school newspaper, so he does that route. He doesn't go, he doesn't join infantry. He he begins he does he goes to for this story to and and he gets into the shit and you know it it in a way he's like fuck I wasn't I wasn't ready for this war I wasn't ready to, I'm not. I'm not a killing machine. I'm, I can say all this shit. I can say, oh yeah, I'm born to kill. Oh yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker. Uh-uh. And then, there you are. You're like, you're just, you can't do nothing. You can't, you can't, you can't take another life. And in this world, in this war, uh, or any war, it's, it's to, let's be honest, it's, you either, you shoot to kill or you be killed. That's what war is. You either kill the motherfucker in front of you that's coming for you, or you you die. You get you get killed. You get sent home in a pine back in a pine box, a pine bag. What the fuck's a box? You know what I mean? So you know, like I've said before, man, I give a lot of credit. I give a shout out to Dawes. I want to give a shout out to my homeboy Rudy. He was a Marine. His brother was a Marine. Um Moses and not just not just Marines, but Army men, Navy men, Air Force, you know, anybody that served this country in the armed services, you know, like that's the whole takeaway, not just from not just not just for uh, for Veterans Day, but Memorial Day, anything that recognizes these people, these men and women that not just not made the only ultimate sacrifice but just made the decision to fight for this country this country needs to honor these these men and women you know what i mean and uh starting to get real y'all and they start making voices no no you don't you don't so um so just remember veterans day today as this podcast drops you know, if you have a veteran in your family, if you know a veteran, tell them thank you. Take them out to eat. Buy them a beer, you know. Um, you know. Don't, don't, don't be, uh, don't, don't take every, don't take our freedoms for granted. Let's be real. This country is free. And if you think about it, it's so free. It's almost, you know, you know, taken for granted. 
You think about you know other countries and how they treat their people. I have the freedom to talk about movies and do this podcast, freedom of speech, freedom you know of of opinion, and you know motherfuckers in different countries they can't they can't even shit or walk without being scrutinized or or monitored by their government. I mean, you listen to some North Korean stories. There's some fucking, that's some fuck, that's some crazy shit. So don't, don't forget about that. Don't forget that just because we're the land of the free, you know, we just had elections. We just, we just, we just had the, the election, the midterm elections. And you got people online crying about the results. I'm from Texas. So uh, he had a governor race between uh, Greg Abbott and Beto O'Rourke. And regardless of how you voted, and regardless of the outcome, you know, if you didn't like it, you have the freedom to voice that opinion because of how great this country is. So, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. This country definitely is not perfect. But we have the freedom to express that without being, you know, attacked. I would say attacked, but like uh, killed or, or sent to prison or anything like that. So, you know. Just food for thought. Come on, man. Do something funny. Make a joke. What am I doing with my life? I don't know. What is this? Oh, this, this is a fucking megaphone. Who the fuck wants to hear me? Oh, megaphone. What the fuck? So that's going to be it, guys. That's the episode. I'm looking at the time. We're hitting the motherfucking 50-minute mark pretty soon. So I want to thank y'all. For checking out the podcast, checking out this popcorn tin extra butter feed preview. Um, a lot of stuff going in the works. Like I said, I had a few uh, extra butter episodes already out on extra butter right now. Uh, I was going to do, I just got done doing the weekly October month horror movie uh, episodes. I was going to do straight weekly episodes until we get to March because I by then I would hit the 100 mark and the four-year anniversary of the podcast. But I might just stick, go back to, uh, I might just throw maybe three, I don't know, maybe maybe do a solid month soon, January, February. Uh, but right now, coming to the holiday season, uh, off the top of my head, I have no other ideas for the remainder of this year's episodes other than I might do an actors uh, I might do a Will Smith actor franchise episode uh, I think it was after Earth the one he did with his son and I also might do uh, Son of the Mask and one more is on top of my head to round out the month of December I haven't made up my mind yet maybe a Christmas movie uh, let me know what you think hit me up on Twitter at shut up popcorn you have an idea uh, I need to update the website. I know that's for sure. Uh, I'm also still kind of doing that drawing for the uh, the little basket of goodies. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Uh, I haven't even looked to see if anybody has entered. And I doubt anybody has. But if you have, hit me up at Shut Up Popcorn with a uh, DM screenshot of, I guess, your receipt or whatever. And if not, I might just... Say fuck it, give it to give it to somebody I know. I don't know. It's Christmas time. It's the giving season, y'all. So go buy a shirt and give me some money. 
Because I need some Christmas spending money. It's hard out here for a non-pimp selling that Via Kung Pu nanny. Saki Saki $5. You have been warned. I will not tell you again. This is the final warning. Wait, but you just warned me. I know I am not a perfect robot, bitch. Okay. I said, bitch, ah, I can cuss. I'm a cussing robot, you dumb fuck. Ha, ha, ha. And like I said, that's going to be it, guys. So, again, I want to thank you for checking out this episode. Uh, be sure to check out all the other episodes I have in this library over here at Shut Up Popcorn. Go check out the extra Butterfeed for some other fun content there. Hit up my YouTube. Going to be releasing some more Popcorn Bites for the remaining uh, episodes that I have not made yet or caught up with. Uh, TikTok is going, it's not going strong. It's actually at a, uh, uh, a little standstill. I've, I've noticed some, uh, followers jumping off. I guess they realize I'm not a cowboy TikTok, but you have that video with the cowboy, the bull riding video. So awesome. Yeah. And if you thought that was this account, you're fucking mistaken. Fucking mistaken. I did that. I thought it was cool. I wasn't expecting it for it to blow up. It blew up and it granted me the access to hit the the minimum mark of followers uh, to do the followers to do a TikTok live and then try and put more eyes to the podcast, more people to maybe this is their cup of tea. Maybe they think it's this shit I do is goofy, it's funny. Ha ha. I'm not saying I'm the funniest motherfucker in the world, but I do have a sense of humor. Uh, so with that being said, I want to thank you again so much and remember guys just to remind you if you ain't laughing you ain't living take care of yourself and the people you love peace nanu nanu mm-hmm.